Hello, and welcome to Sip and Savor. I am your host, Megan McSwain. Well, I'm sure you knew it wouldn't be long before we dove right into a barbecue episode. Texas, and specifically Houston, is synonymous with amazing barbecue. There are plenty of places to discover, both near and far, and the Houston barbecue community is made up of some truly wonderful, very hardworking folks. Today, I'm going to meet with Patrick and Aaron Fijas, the husband and wife team behind Fijas Barbecue, which started as a pop-up and since 2018 has found a permanent home within the hub at Greenway Plaza. The two have a ton of fine dining experience and these days are fully focused on their concept, which now also includes a follow-up location in Spring Branch. And as if two locations aren't enough to keep them busy, they are regulars at the Urban Harvest Farmer's Market, where they sell barbecue in bulk on Saturday mornings. So lots of different places and opportunities to check them out and try their food. I like to start each show by letting y'all in on a little secret or sharing a little tidbit about myself to give you an idea about my level of knowledge regarding the topic at hand, which of course today is barbecue. So when you live in Texas, it feels like everyone loves barbecue, everyone is eating barbecue, and everyone is a barbecue expert. But I have to admit that up until a few years ago, I was a complete barbecue dum-dum. In my teenage and early adult years, I was vegetarian by choice. And so I really never explored a lot of barbecue restaurants. I didn't host barbecues, or if I went to one, I would eat sides or anything else that was meatless. And so I truly have not been a lifelong barbecue fiend like many people are in Texas. I just didn't grow up on it. But things are different now. Ever since I started food writing and making it my mission to eat everywhere in town, I have experienced some life-changing barbecue And I'm beginning to learn about how much goes into it. Cooking, grilling, smoking. It takes a lot of time, effort, and skill to be able to present those picture-perfect trays of barbecue. So whether you are kind of a newbie like me or a diehard fan, I want to introduce you to a couple of people who are killing it in the barbecue game. Let's go to Fiji's Barbecue. I just arrived at the hub at Greenway Plaza, which is where Fiji's Barbecue is located. And I have to say, if you have ever been intimidated by coming here because of the parking or because of how big it is, don't be. It is so simple to park in the garage, grab a ticket, and of course they'll validate that for you, and walk right in to dine in or take food away. It's just a lot more simple than even I had thought. So don't be intimidated to dine at Greenway Plaza. Patrick and Aaron Fijas, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for speaking with me. I'm here at Greenway Plaza, where your uh, first Fijas barbecue location was first, the first, first one. First ever. Yes, first of <laughs> many, many more. <laughs> first of at least we'll two. First of two. <laughs> so this location opened in 2018, but Houstonians know uh, the two of you um, and Envy just barbecue long before that because of the pop-ups. Yeah, yeah, I, we did pop-ups for I think six years before we opened this. Yeah. We started in 2012. You two both have a wealth of experience beyond barbecue as well. Uh, Erin, you, I'm going to fangirl out for a second because you worked for Thomas Keller yes. in, at Per Se in New York. Um, I'm, I'm like president of his fan club. So can you tell me about that? 
I mean, that must have been amazing. Um, it was amazing. I don't know that there, I, I, I'm sure there are kitchens and experiences like it that exist, but um, I haven't encountered anything like it since. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just a real, I think what I took away from that experience more than anything else is just how much respect when you're working at that level of, of cooking and with that level of quality ingredients, there's just so much respect for what you're doing for right. your, you know, your coworkers, for the people that are side by side with you, for the product that you're using. Um, so you just treat everything so well. I mean, the space is spotless. Right. Everybody's very polite. Um, there was just a real system in place. And I think that was a really good way to start my career because I learned good habits early on that I hopefully have not lost and that I try to bring to the staff that we have here so that people can kind of experience some of that for themselves. When I moved back to Houston, I started working at a restaurant called Plonk. It's still around, um, it's still a great restaurant. I was there for two and a half years, and I think that's really where I kind of came into my own and developed my own culinary style, where I was taking all of the experiences that I had, and then really, I was in charge of my own kitchen, I had my own crew, I created the menu, um, and I'm really proud of the food that we put out of that kitchen. Um, and I still kind of think of that fondly as like the place where I really kind of grew into my own. So I've never been to Plonk. Mm -hmm. What kind of food is it? I mean, I, I don't even know what the menu is still like now. It's Or they, what was it then, I guess? Well, yeah. it, so it, it, was a, it was a wine bar bistro, so okay. there was definitely you know a huge wine presence, but I put a menu, I put a dish out called the Guanciale Burger, which they still have, um, which at the time there were burger brackets, you know, that it was back right. when there were, when people were still doing all of that kind of like, burger bracket stuff yeah, during March Madness. Who sells the best chicken wings yeah. in the city. Right, right. And um, <laughs> I mean, that burger always was, you know, one of the top burgers um, and they still have it. Uh, I haven't had it in a while, but. Um, pizzas. Yeah, pizzas. Everything came out of a wood-fired oven. Oh, wow. And this was before, sorry, not a wood-fired oven, but uh, a pizza oven. Mm -hmm. This was before that was like, a trendy way to cook so we always thought of it as like this huge disadvantage we had no hood vents there was no equipment to make food hot if you didn't put it in this tiny little <laughs> oven and it would back the kitchen up but i i honestly left that um job thinking this is the only piece of equipment you need you might need more than one of them um <laughs> but but you can do so much on it and it's it just so tastes it tastes so good coming we seared, out of that, right? we cooked our burgers we seared our hanger steaks um, we would do long cooks in it overnight mm -hmm. because it would hold, you know, it would, it would hold a temperature of like three to 400 degrees over it. Once it was off, just over a 12 hour period. So we would turn it off, you know, put things inside the oven that we just wanted to like slowly braise mm -hmm. and we'd come in the in the morning and start pulling the meat. Nice. That sounds good. I, I mean, I, like I really enjoyed cooking in that kitchen makes and you, having it, fun. Makes you think outside the box. Right. Yeah. Different cooking techniques. For that, sure. Like, kind of forced to do, but also yeah. carry over in your career. And I really think that that's what put me on the map in Houston. I mean, nobody, I moved from New York and, um, had not had any, you know, I'd been a, a sous chef and a line cook in New York, but I'd I didn't come with like a reputation. People weren't writing about like, oh, Aaron Smith's moving back to Houston. I mean, no, nothing like that. Right. So, no, it really is the talent that yeah. you have to kind of, you have to present that before anyone's gonna do the writing, right? Yeah, and Plunk was a really kind of, it was like a perfect spot for me. It was a neighborhood joint that was just kind of building its own reputation within the Garden Oaks neighborhood, okay. which by the way, 
has evolved right. significantly. Yeah, and now it's all like years. the place to yeah. be. Yeah. There were no other restaurants in Garden Oaks. There were no <laughs> other restaurants. Pencil so it's Station. still there in Garden Oaks? Then? Yeah. Oh, wow. Good for oh, them. Yeah. yeah so I, I really enjoyed that. And then from there, I mean, I've done a lot of other stuff in a lot of very memorable jobs, not always for the best reasons, but, but um, I think that one is probably the one that sticks well, with You me. mentioned that it was wine, uh, there was a big wine presence. You also worked at um, Camerata, mm-hmm. right? How yeah. was that? I loved it. That was the they don't have food though, right? Is that just wine? They do, but it's it's a bar menu. It's okay. really, it's really, it, it, you wouldn't go there for dinner. Right. Um, I've had cheese there. I knew that they had cheese, but yeah. I didn't know if they had like a full menu. You know, no. I didn't remember them ever having that, but. Just kind of snacky things. Yeah. Which I helped do. I don't know what their current snack menu is, but when I started working there, I redid the food menu, which is very small, but mm-hmm. it's like five little bar snack items. But wanted to learn which, about wine. Yeah. And did and learned right. a lot and really enjoyed it. Such a cute place. I love Camerata. Yeah, it's still so good. I love it. It's a staple, Montrose yeah. staple. So Patrick, uh, before there was Fijis Barbecue, there was Patrick Fijis in the army. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So when did the passion for barbecue begin? Like, what's the timeline there? How did this all happen? So, you know, I joined the army out of high school. Uh, so I was stationed in Korea. Wow. Deployed to Iraq, injured in Iraq, came home. Uh, Two main army hospitals, one in Walter Reed, up in, by DC, and then uh, Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio. Uh, and so, I, because I'm from Houston, we were able to get them to drop me off in San Antonio. And, and you both are from Houston, correct? Yes. Originally, okay, yeah, yeah. right. And so there was a guy with me that was out processing, going back to California where he lived, where he's from, and he, had, while he was in San Antonio, he had acquired this. Uh, old Brinkman vertical smoker uh, that was probably 10 years old when he gave it to me. Uh, me living you know, from Houston three hours down the road, so I was able to take it home with me. And that's just, I enjoy eating barbecue, but that was like the first time I had this thing to cook barbecue with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it was half rusted out. It was, I wish I had kept it somehow, but uh, so I just kind of, trial and error you know it's i like to do things the hard way and <laughs> i mean if i want if i want to if i need something i'm going to try and cook it or build it or whatever okay uh, that's, i think that's a good myself. quality yeah um it's not always you know the smarter cheaper option but, <laughs> you know um but like that's how i started with barbecues i enjoy eating barbecue what do you do you play with fire and you drink beer while you're cooking it let me let's do this yeah sounds like so a good time yeah mm-hmm. yeah started there and slowly evolved to better and better and bigger smokers is so wait just inform me because i don't know is 10 years old very old for a smoker how or something like that the... yeah like because it's i mean i'm telling the smoker is probably like 100 bucks oh okay from like <laughs> from like home depot or something right, right? okay like 10 years for like a, a barbecue restaurant smoker isn't that long right uh but those are you know thicker steel and they're made to last forever um how a lot of barbecue smokers are made with, you know, 40-year-old propane tanks. So uh, that still will last forever. Mm-hmm. But something you get at, like, Home Depot or Lowe's, like, 10 years is... is right, I see. Because, you know, with the heat, it just kind of, it'll eventually, like, rust out. Sure. Well, clearly it was a good thing for you to practice on, because yeah. here we are today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Fiji's Barbecue, a very well-known barbecue, I guess, brand, we can call it, uh, in Houston, especially for Whole Hog, and that's thanks to you. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere along the way between the tenure smoker and here, <laughs> you uh, you cooked a whole hog. 
Yeah. Oh, and built a whole hog cooker. Okay, <laughs> wow. Built a couple of them. Uh, so the first barbecue fe- Houston barbecue festival that I was in, uh, I cooked pork butts and brisket. And, and you looked on the line, and everyone's cooking brisket. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought they cooked the best brisket. And everyone's brisket tasted pretty similar because everyone knew how to cook brisket. Right. So I before you know a year to figure out what to do next and i was just thinking well how am i going to stand out from the guy next to me sure and if everyone's doing brisket we should do something else and we traveled to charleston and we went up and ate at rodney scott's place uh and everyone knows rodney scott the beard award winner and now he's he's got he's building an empire whole hawk empire and he's a great guy and you know kind of there's no secrets with with barbecue people there's no secrets because it's just, the secret is the hard work, right? right? I will tell you how we do things, and you're just going to have to work hard to replicate that. Sure. And so uh, we all talk amongst ourselves and share share our secrets because it makes the community better. Sure. Uh, so, you know, you know, picked Rodney's brain a little bit and came back and built my pig cooker out of two-by-fours and metal siding. And, uh, and I show up to the barbecue festival. And, <laughs> You know, Michael Fulmer, one of the guys who puts it on, looked at it. This is a Houston barbecue Houston festival, barbecue. which of course everyone knows about. It's a big deal yeah. around here. Yeah. Uh, he took one look at it and goes, did you bring a fire extinguisher? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, he goes, you should probably go get one. All right. Ran to the store, got a fire extinguisher. I mean, we laid sand down on the concrete. Wow. Put this pit cooker on, cooked. I got it. Uh, with barbecue, it's tough to do 100% local, right? Because if you cook 20 briskets a day, that's 10 cows a day, right? Right. You just can't do that locally, right? But doing whole hog is our way to do local, you know, um, non-commodity pigs. So I uh, I used Felix mm-hmm. Flores, um, Black Hill Meats at the time. Sure. Now he's Cherry Block. So, and we decided then and there, whole hog is going to be locally raised, heritage breed pig not commodity cheap pig because uh, that's our way to you know give back to our food community right. here in town and i wish we had more pig farmers in town because sometimes it gets a little bit lean but uh yeah i mean it was a blast and i, I had no idea what i was doing the very first pig <laughs> it was I ever, really good though the very first pig i ever cooked was for a barbecue festival <laughs> uh but it was cool i laid the pig out and was pulling the meat like to order as people came up and i would pull and put it on their plate and it was it was a show we, sure we realized this now like doing whole hog is as much a show as yeah people love seeing yeah, it and yeah, then the instagram absolutely. posts about it it's absolutely. just whole it's yeah. yeah it's a sight to see for sure yeah. i mean slice of brisket slice of brisket right slice of turkey slice of, but like picking a whole hog and seeing this 100 pound animal right 150 pound animals it's a cool thing to see so it's kind of took off from there yeah right and what's crazy is that like at the time Nobody in Houston, nobody in Texas was even talking about whole hogs. So we were explaining to, you know, 450 different people how it was cooked, right. what the crispy stuff, you know, everybody wanted, pointed to the crackling. What is that? Right. And, um, and now I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. we've just really evolved as a barbecue community right. in the past yeah. couple of years. I know, because now you do see them, yeah. uh, you know, here and there. But now tell me one thing, You're, you do whole hog here at Fiji's Barbecue on the regular. Pre-pandemic, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Pre-pandemic, uh, okay. We don't, we don't do it here. We'll do it. We saw it bulk at the farmer's market now. It's not busy enough here, here right. to do it. We yeah. scaled our menu back probably 40% right now. Sure, because the location is located in Greenway Plaza, which is heavy on corporate 
who's well, working from home? Right, people <laughs> who are working from home now, and um, so completely understandable. Still <laughs> impressive, though. Can we talk about equipment that you use now? So the order that we have, so there's 24, 25 floors above us. Uh, so we need to cook on site. We needed certain cookers, and we use a J&R oiler out of Mesquite, Texas. Right. 100% wood, no gas, uh, and it's under a hood vent. <clears throat> and so to make things easier uh, with the city and with our staff at at the Spring Branch location, we're using JNR Oilers as well. And we I'm working with Millscale to, they are designing a pig cooker. This is how much pig is taken off in Texas. This is a Texas pit building company, uh, barbecue pit building company is now trying to create whole hog cookers. Wow. Because enough it's people- It's probably Texas a good idea. Yeah, it's yeah, great. For it's, sure. it's their way to, to you know expand. Everyone's just trying to figure out what does this barbecue community need to right. move forward? And so, you know, they did a lot of research. They've asked me questions, a couple other guys, uh, even guys from the Carolinas, you know, to build this. And we are going to get the, you know, serial number 001. Oh, wow. Well, we'll figure out what yeah, needs to change. We're going to run through it, cook <laughs> a bunch of hog on it, give them feedback, right, and see yeah. what needs to be changed and whatnot. Uh, so we're we're excited to be working with these guys. They make amazing barbecue pits. Okay, so you two are married. You live together, work together. So do you find it advantageous to share the day-to-day -day responsibilities within the kitchen? Or do you feel like it's better to have your spot on this side and <laughs> well, you have your spot on that side? I mean, I think regardless of whether or not you're married, if there's like two partners in a business, I think the best you know, method is to have like a division of labor. Right. So that you're not doing the same thing or disagreeing over the same thing. Sure. So like we, there's certainly some overlap, but I think we really have over the past three years really honed in on what are our individual areas of responsibility mm -hmm. with the business, with our child, with our, you know, like managing your home. I'm telling you like all of it, like we've, we've, we have, I think turned it into a science, yeah. which is of course what all married couples should yeah, do yeah. or all couples should do but it, it um, takes some trial and error and there's still things like when we're opening a new restaurant we are coming together and making decisions together on a lot of stuff because these are just you know they're like design decisions sure. and stuff right there might be something you want that he doesn't or he wants and that yeah. you might not want that she's better at design than i am obviously and she's smarter than me so it's like <laughs> stop arguing with her and disagree right <laughs> well it, it we're, honestly it works because anytime we disagree i feel like it just forces us to kind of like think about something a little bit harder mm -hmm. instead of just making an impulse decision yeah. so but but we're pretty mm -hmm. we're pretty good about working together yeah the, I'd say the only downside is we almost exclusively talk about work like at our son is probably once he's like able to actually put sentences together he's probably gonna go can we not talk about <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he's gonna be like put me behind the pit no. we, it'll go either way <laughs> our, our pillow talk is talking about yeah work well you know that's I think that's what happens when you are passionate about something and you both clearly yeah. are so so what is it that you both do individually in the kitchen I know you do sides right you're really good at those yeah I created the sides three years ago and we've had some you know, the menus evolved a little bit. Patrick's contributed some sides as well because he's got so much experience in kitchens and in barbecue. So he had ideas that certainly, you know, made the menu. Um, 
Can you share one or two that will never leave the menu that people will just hunt you down if they're yeah. off the menu? Brussels sprouts, which which might leave the menu because Brussels sprouts are like brisket prices. I mean, oh, wow. Brussels sprouts. We had to take them off two years ago for like two months because the end of growing like season ended flood. early and the beginning of the next growing season was yeah. late. So there was a, and they like tripled in price. Right. It's like, okay guys, we can charge you more take it off yeah and people would get out of line they'd order their meat go to the sides like uh no brussels sprouts like no like we, we put a sign out to let people know like, <laughs> wow okay and then they would just get out of line like we just we already sliced your meat and everything but it was the brussels sprouts that they really yeah they so, that's, right so what makes these brussels sprouts so excellent well if i tell you i might have to kill you <laughs> Um, you know, hopefully there's a cookbook that comes out and like at least in the next 10 years that, that divulges well, all of our secrets, secrets but, the, but the Brussels sprouts are simple and this is honestly a lot of our food. I think people would be shocked at how simple so, it all yeah. is. The Brussels sprouts are flash fried, so really hot oil, mm. not long in the oil. You really just want to crisp up the, the leaves of the Brussels sprouts, but you don't want them to get soggy or greasy. And I still like to think it's a healthy dish because they're in the it oil sounds for like such it. a short right. amount of time. And then we make a sauce, and the sauce is the secret. The sauce is... Secret sauce. The I've sauce heard that one secret. before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's... it's The Brussels sprouts are no different than, you know, like, restaurants. When you go out to restaurants, sure. you know, at Underbelly, we did Brussels sprouts with, uh, with the fish sauce glaze and stuff mm -hmm. like that, right? And a lot of restaurants do flash-fried Brussels sprouts sauce in a sauce and might put some other stuff on there. But at the time, the barbecue restaurants were doing that. Right, so that's we true. we were the first to do it, and so I think that's why it stands out here is because... You know, there's a couple that do it now, I think, but it's people are starting to, we approach this, whereas we want our side to be different. We don't want to do, you know, your basic potato salad. We don't want to do baked beans. We don't want to do, you know, your random coleslaw. We want our sides to be restaurant quality sides. Yeah. Sides that will fit on the menu at any of these number of restaurants we worked at. Yeah. And at the time, very few barbecue people thought like Almost that. Almost done. Right. And sides are so important. I mean, some yeah. people will come and just order sides. Like, you, yeah. you guys have a side option, right? Yeah, Where it's yeah. just sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we thought about, when we thought about our menu, the question that we were getting asked all the time was, what sets you guys apart? Um, and if you can't answer that question in your barbecue restaurant in Houston, you're, you might still make it and you might still have a great business, but like, you're going to get kind of lost in the mix, right? Sure. So our, our immediate answer was always our sides. We know we're gonna have great barbecue. There's also 10, 15, 20 places where you're gonna get great meats, right? Sure. So how do you distinguish yourself? And for us, it was, you know, we were lucky that we had this culinary experience mm -hmm. and we both brought a lot of creativity to the table. And so we were able to put together a sides menu that made us excited about cooking sides and was in some ways kind of revolutionary to the barbecue game at the time because people had very standard side. I'm not saying they weren't good. It was potato salad, right. but very similar potato salad sure. across the board. Pennies or mustard. Na yeah, right. mac and cheese across the board, baked beans across the board. Um, and we just kind of, re we just said, there's no rules. We're just gonna approach sides. What do we want to eat? Sure. Not what do I want to eat with barbecue, but what do I want to eat? And then when we realized we were moving into Greenway Plaza, that reinforced our decision to really kind of branch out with our sides because we thought we want to capture people three three times a week. How right. do you get people three times a week? Well, you got to have variety. Right. You have to have healthy options because sure. people are not going to eat a 
heavy meal three times a week. Right, eat barbecue and then go back to yeah, work. Exactly. Right, that's tough. And so it just kind of gave us more inspiration to focus on things that are very abstract in the barbecue world. So like from scratch, produce driven, healthy, some even vegetarian, some even vegan. They're not intentionally that way. That's just, you know, when you're working with good fresh product, you don't always need to add you know, meat and dairy and stuff. So we were able to kind of create a really perfect menu for Greenway Plaza. Our sides, I think, are what really helped our success in Greenway Plaza. Do you have any vegetarian sides, like that are actually vegetarian? Yeah, I'm trying to think. So we, the elote that we have is has always been vegetarian. Um, our potato salad is now vegetarian. It wasn't initially, but we... Oh, just, there's no more bacon in there? Um, the Brussels sprouts are vegetarian. Kale salad. The kale salad. Um, um, macaroni salad is vegetarian. You know, I ask this because you'll have a group sometimes where they'll have one vegetarian person, and it's not that they don't want to dine at a barbecue restaurant because the sides are so wonderful and they look mm-hmm. so great, but it's because they can't because some of the sides, or most of the sides, oh, will have, the sides have bacon meat, or meat. Yeah. So that's really good to know that mm-hmm. they could come here and get a side plate and probably be full just off of that, oh, or yeah. a salad. We learned that by me dragging Aaron to barbecue restaurants. And- Wait, were you vegetarian? No, no, but I'm. I want to eat heavy brisket, every right? Day. And I'm also very happy. I am a very happy vegetable eater. I'm a meat eater. Don't get me wrong, but I am very. I get so excited about things that are inadvertently vegetarian. Well, don't you think that it takes a lot of thought and effort to make a very good vegetarian yeah. dish? Like I prefer it as well. I used to be vegetarian, and now it's just kind of evolved into eating everything. But I think that when chefs or cooks put in a, a lot of effort into mm-hmm. making a vegetarian dish for someone who wants to come in and enjoy with everyone else. And it's as fulfilling. Exactly. As and satisfying. And it's yeah. not just pasta or it's not just a salad or a plate of vegetables. It's, you know, it takes a lot of different layers to yeah. make a really good dish. So that's impressive. I love that you guys have those vegetarian options. Yeah, I'm excited for, so our spring branch menu is, we had to kind of scale back this past year. All the creative stuff that we wanted to be implementing, we were like, we can't. We can't do that during a pandemic because who are we serving it to? Nobody. Right. There's nobody here. So we've just been brainstorming and Spring Branch is going to be able to, um, I mean, we're just going to take those sides and roll with them. I mean, there's going to be like a, like a curried chickpea stew that's our, that's basically our middle finger to somebody saying we need beans on our menu. It's like, oh, right. we got beans. Right. Have some chickpeas. Ooh, love chickpeas. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. That's so different. And they're going to be fun and vibrant and, and new because we're now three years into, you know, our menu here and we've had some changes, but for the most part, I think as a chef, like I feel like our sides menu is getting stale. Like as a chef, I want to start preparing new dishes. Sure. <laughs> I feel like palates in general and the direction restaurants are going is lighter and barbecue so heavy and like even like our braised greens i've been cooking braised greens for years and i took them off the menu because i'm just tired i feel like they're too heavy yeah. uh you know I, we like to reinvent them reinvent them uh reimagine them but somehow do it lighter and not as heavy creole braised greens maybe you know light it up somehow sure and i think sides are kind of the same the rest of the sides are the same way you know it's the yeah. uh, we we've taken we try and do seasonal seasonal stuff and you know during the winter it's mac and cheese during the summer it's macaroni salad right you know and so but i think people our customers are gravitating more towards the lighter stuff than the heavier stuff and right. maybe that's a pandemic thing where people are like well i've been at home eating junk right. food for a year and you know when i go out i need to eat healthier but also i think that um at this this time in all of our lives everyone is 
whether they're ordering in because of the pandemic or during quarantine or dining out, we're just eating out a lot more, especially in Houston. There's so many good restaurants. You want to experience them all. So you're eating out maybe two, three, four times a week. Whereas before you would save it for a Friday or Saturday Mm -hmm. night. And then go out. You like, you'd you'd splurge more because you'd been eating, you'd been controlling your meals. Right. Exactly. And now it's not that control is gone. We've all lost control. (laughs) And you know, I think, (laughs) I mean, I, I honestly have, but I think that that's really wise to do that because then you get those return diners and they think, okay, well, I can eat this because it's not covered in cheese or or however. This uh, Greenway Plaza location obviously is heavy on uh, the power lunch crowd. Mm -hmm. So you guys serve lunch here, but the Spring Branch location, it's going to be dinner. Lunch and dinner. Lunch and dinner. With beer and wine. Oh, nice. Um, And weekends. And weekends. (laughs) And really just like an expanded menu. So everything that you can get here, you'll be able to get there. But we'll have composed plates. We'll have like entrees, um, and a lot of things are going to kind of come off of the smoker, but not everything. So you know, we'll have a fish item. We'll do a pasta, um, like a really good. See, this is where I'm like using some of that Mario Batali training. Just I really want to smoke oxtails and make a ragu filling for mm-hmm. a pasta. Um, but we want to have fun with the equipment we have, sure. and 90% of our equipment expense is smokers. So everything, it kind of lends itself to being like, okay, you utilize these, you know, make right. them work for your kitchen and for your menu. So we're going we're gonna to have fun with it. We're going to be charring stuff on the hot coals. Um, I'm really excited about what Spring Branch gives us the opportunity to do with the menu. That is um, exciting. And we go back to the wine. Oh, yes, taking those camaraderie skills. Nice. Yeah, taking those camaraderie skills. And we'll have a fun wine menu. Um, and I just, I think we just want to have a restaurant where we would want to, like the kind of restaurant we would want to go to. Sure. And so it's going to be friendly and inviting. Because there's going to be kids' menus, there's going to be burgers, there's going to be salads, so like a family of four can come in. Right. You know, the dad can yeah. order the heavy barbecue, the wife can order salad, the kids get their chicken nuggets or. or that was a little bit of a. <laughs> I was gonna say, why does what the wife? I, what if I want the heavy barbecue? Right. What does the wife have to have a salad? Salad. You're gonna want to go order heavy barbecue. I'm just going. I'm just basing this based off of our experience. Who orders the steaks and who orders the fish? Who orders? I always order steak. I will say that. I will choose a steak just, over I'm a salad. Just, yeah, I'm a steak person. But I, but I, I see what you're saying. I'm just pointing out yeah. some stereotypes that you just laid out. <laughs> no. The, well, the wine will definitely help with. Um, a lot more people, I think. Yeah. It always brings people who want to just hang around on the weekend and mm-hmm. have a drink and then another drink. And, and there's neighborhoods yes. right behind, you know. It's yeah. when we go to Slowpokes, we see people mm-hmm. hanging out drinking wine while their yeah. kids run around, and, and we kind of want the same thing in our space. Too. Right. Well, good. So tell me one last thing. What is something that um, Houstonians have to try when they come into Fiji's Barbecue? What's your favorite thing that maybe we wouldn't think of if we didn't know? Um... Okay, so the obvious answer would be Brussels sprouts, but we've already talked quite a bit about Brussels sprouts. My favorite thing on our menu is our pulled pork. And very few people, I think, get super excited about pulled pork. It's somewhat of an afterthought in the barbecue world. Sure, I think that, yeah, I I agree. But ours is not an afterthought. Yeah, I think we do really, really good pulled pork. Yeah. But I'm just going to say the whole hog, because nine times out of ten, someone comes up and sees whole hog on the menu, Mm -hmm. and they ask us about it, because it's Texas, right? A lot of people don't know. We explain the whole process behind it. They go, okay, we'll just give me a brisket. 
<laughs> I think people get nervous to, yes. to branch out, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think they get nervous that you chopped up, like, intestines in there. So no. Because the, the word's whole hog. Right. Well, okay, really tell, us, tell us how it's... If someone, if I come in and order whole hog, how is it on the plate? Tell me so what comes it's, out. It's... We cook the whole hog, so it's not just where pulled pork is the butt, right? which is technically the shoulder, but it's called the pork butt. Uh, the whole hog has the belly, has the rib meat, has the loin, has the tenderloin, has the ham, the butt, all the muscles, the copal, all of it's mixed together. We season it and sauce it. We chop it with the, the crackling, the crispy pork sure. skin, and we either serve it on a plate or as a sandwich on a bun with coleslaw and our, our we call it the Texas gold which is a Carolina-style vinegar mustard sauce. Uh, and so then that's, that's how we serve it. So and the then text- turn around and just go, I'll just have a brisket sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine someone saying that. See, I think that sounds great. I would so order good. that. And it doesn't sound scary to me when no. you put it like that. And it's just, I mean, I think people will go, is there offal in there? Because you think that you're just getting, like, the whole animal just well, chopped up people- together. And you're like, no, 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 it's muscles that you would already be eating. People right. want to go with what they're comfortable with. Sure. Right? I know a brisket sandwich. I enjoy your brisket sandwich. This whole hog, I might not enjoy this. So what we need to do, maybe this is what we failed, is hand out samples. Right. Here, try this. Right. And I guarantee you we'd sell more. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the, it's hearing whole hog and then translating that into what it's actually going to look yes. like on the plate. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah. Because it really looks almost like pulled pork. Yeah, I agree. Other than, like, you might see the crackling chopped in there. Yeah. I mean, Which makes like, it better because yeah. it's crispy and it's got yeah. that different texture. Yeah. And then when we do it as a plate, we, in the past we've served it as a special as a plate where it comes on top of cornbread. Oh, wow. So, so it's good. like cornbread, whole hog, and slaw, and it's all, like, soaking in that cornbread. It is so good. Well, hopefully more people will try it. If you haven't tried whole hog, you definitely should. Who better than from Patrick Fegis? <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. I'm so excited for you, and um, I'm just excited to see kind of what the future holds and and yeah. uh, the fun that y'all are going to have at, at Spring Branch. It's been yeah. fun talking with you. Yeah, thank you. That concludes our first chat of what will likely be many chats on Houston Barbecue. Thank you for listening. If you want to connect on social media, you can follow me at Hot Pink Houston on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And follow at Sip and Savor Podcast for food pictures and behind-the-scenes moments from each episode. You can also find Fijis Barbecue on social. Follow at Fijis Barbecue for news and updates on them. If you love this podcast, please do subscribe and look out for new episodes every Wednesday on the Eat, Drink, Dine Podcast Network. Until next week, sip and savor well.